Good morning. How's everybody doing? We aren't either. <laughs> we'll figure it out together, Mary. <laughs> well, thank y'all for setting your, t- uh, your clocks right, or at least having Verizon remind you that it was uh, time to wake up and come in on time. So this morning, we're going to continue on in gentle and lowly. But this morning, uh, I'll wait. Good morning, Scott. Sorry, Gil. Come on in. I waited for you. This morning, we're going to be looking at chapter 8. Hey, Max. Good morning. And uh, continuing this further examination of, of Christ's heart. But before we begin, we're going to pray. I'm on. Uh, Greg has inspired me through his uh, example, these uh, Puritan prayers. Um, and I found one that that goes right along with this. And I think I think if we keep looking, Greg, we're probably going to find a prayer for every every chapter of this book. So um, we're going to begin our prayer this morning with um, this Puritan prayer titled "Privileges." And uh, it goes through our privileges we have in Christ. One of those privileges being an intercessor. Good morning. Good morning. So let's pray. O Lord God, teach me to know that grace proceeds, accompanies, and follows my salvation. That it sustains the redeemed soul. That not one link of its chain can ever break. From Calvary's cross, wave upon wave of grace reaches me, deals with my sin, washes me clean, renews my heart, strengthens my will, draws out my affection, kindles a flame in my soul, rules throughout my inner man, consecrates my every work, word, and thought, teaches me thy immeasurable love, How great are my privileges in Christ Jesus. Without him I stand far off, a stranger, an outcast. In him I draw near and touch his kingly scepter. Without him I dare not lift up my guilty eyes. In him I gaze upon my Father, God, and friend. Without him I hide my lips in trembling shame. In him I open my mouth in petition and praise. Without him... All is wrath and consuming fire. In him is all love and the repose of my soul. Without him is escaping hell below me and eternal anguish. In him its gates are barred to me by his precious blood. Without him darkness spreads in horrors in front of him in front. In him an eternity of glory is my boundless horizon. Without him All within me is terror and dismay. In him, every accusation is charmed into joy and peace. Without him, all things external call for my condemnation. In him, they minister to my comfort and are to be enjoyed with thanksgiving. Praise be to thee for grace, for unspeakable gift of Jesus. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we can come to you this morning, that we can pray to you, that we can bring our petitions, our needs, our our desires uh, our praises to you, and because of you, our, the Father hears us. 
And Lord, we thank you for the, for that intercessory work you actively do on our on our part this day. Lord, bless us now this morning as we open your Word, as we delve into this book a little little more, and and as we examine your heart for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your name, we pray. Amen. All right. So this morning, looking at chapter eight. Now, Greg told me this was the best chapter so far. Good morning, Rosalie. Good morning. So, who, who, who read this chapter and thought this this, this 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 is a great chapter? This this one speaks to where I'm at. This was a good one, and, and I have to I have to admit. I got the best end of this because I'm teaching it. So I got to, to go and dig a little more. And uh, th- th- this, this is good. So th- he brings our attention to Christ's intercession. So what are we talking about when we say Christ's intercession? I've, I've already spoke for six minutes. I'm, I'm giving y'all just a minute here. Come on. What does it mean? It means he goes to God in our place. In our place, okay. It's like a third party. Third party. All right. Anybody want to expound on that? Just a little parenthesis. Recently, just um, I don't, I'm not from here, but something else I was reading in another book said the person that I was reading said that the doctrine of, inter- of the intercession of Christ. Maybe one of, if not the most neglected doctrine preached from the pulpit today. Yeah. And when you read this chapter, you go, wow. Yeah. We should preach it more. Yeah. Because it was really that good. I, I think we can make a case, although we're not going to do this this morning, but we can make a case that the doctrine of intercession applies to every aspect of our lives. Um, so certainly. Um, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection is at work. And what work did, did Christ's life, death, and resurrection accomplish? If you think about, when I just think about intercession in general, not just Christ, but it's, I think about heading down a path and someone coming in and altering that path. Either in a good way or a bad way, hmm. it alters kind of the direction you're going. That's so, if you think about Christ's intersection yeah. and you think about the gospel, we know what path our nature and sin has us on, right? And ourselves has us on. His intercession alters that and changes that. And it's not just to me. It's it's not just something that. Oh man, sure and glad he interceded. It's if that intercept intercession doesn't happen, you're bound to that target you're headed on, right. which is separation from God. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Looking at at our salvation in in light of that intercession. So Christ in His life, death, and resurrection, and that work secured our salvation. When was that done? 2,000 years ago. 
Where? Come on, guys. I know we don't have coffee this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll share mine if I need to. On the cross. So, Christ and His sacrifice took place. Did it take place this morning? It took place in the past. In the past. And, and it's still, that past work still secures our salvation. That's why we can boast. We can boast in Christ's, Christ's work. It's instrumental. It's, it's instrumental to our Christian faith. It um, changes our, our everyday lives, how, how we live as Christians. And, if, and, and, and in looking at that, we're, what we're looking at is this theological term, the justification of Christ. So, looking at justification, that, that's, that's our Protestant roots. If, if we're looking back at, at, in the 1500s at what Luther and Zwingli and Calvin, these guys are, are fighting for, they're, they're trying to defend the justification of Christ. Uh, so, looking at justification... It's largely rooted in Christ's death and His resurrection in the past. Romans 5.1 reminds us that this is past tense. Therefore, since you have been justified. So Christ died a real physical death, a death that we deserved, rose again, and we are justified, and we can place our faith in Him. So that's what Jesus did. What is Jesus doing now? Interceding. Interceding. So, Ortland says, for many of us, our functional Jesus isn't really doing anything now. Everything we need to be saved, we tend to think, is already accomplished. And, and John, I think that's why this is so neglected. Because we, we think we're good. We think... We're saved. We, we've, our sins have been taken care of. We, we've, got, we've got our one-way ticket to heaven. And, and we're good. Jesus saved us. It's a done deal. As Baptists, we say once saved, always saved. So we're not having to be re-saved. We're good. Everything, everything is hunky-dory here. Gil, what I got out of it was that if you look back, um, I'm reading, I'd gotten all, offline how to read through the Bible, and I'm in, um, I just got through with Deuteronomy, and it, it talks about all the laws that they had following, all mm-hmm. these times they had to bring all this stuff and do all this stuff to be, their, for their sins to be forgiven. Well, they were forgiven for that moment, and then they screwed up again, so they'd have to come and do it again, they, right. I mean, continuously. We don't have to do that anymore because of Christ, because He is doing it for us. That's right. I mean, as we screw up, He's going to God and say, "They screwed up again, but let's let's give the, give her grace. Let's do this." You know, instead of us having to actually go through those rituals, That's you know, right. Christ does it for us. We've got that high priest, that that, that constant mediator. 
So we know that Jesus isn't just sitting there doing nothing. He's interceding for us. He's he's speaking into God's ear on our behalf. Hebrews 7.25, which is the main verse in this chapter. So, someone want to open up to Hebrews 7.25 and read that? Therefore, He is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Mm. So He, being Jesus, morning, always, He's never ceasing, always lives purpose in His living. In His being. To make intercession for them. For us. So Christ's heart is a steady reality flowing through time. I wish I could say those were my words, but they're not. Those are Ortland's words. Christ's heart is a steady reality flowing through time. Constantly going. It doesn't dry up. It doesn't cease. It cannot be stopped. To consider Christ's heart further, uh, Ortland gives us a view of that heart uh, on the top of page 79 in your book. If you would, flip there. I want you to just follow along with me. I'm going to read a little section here. All right, his heart is, a, is as drawn to his people now as ever it was in his incarnate, incarnate state. And the present manifestation of this heart is for his people in his constant interceding on their behalf. Okay, so that was at the top, sorry. And then, then now to the bottom. Um, looking at that last, chat, the last uh, paragraph. So what does it mean for Christ to intercede? Intercession applies what the atonement accomplished. So it's applicational. Christ's uh, present heavenly intercession on our behalf is a reflection of the fullness and victory and completeness of His earthly work, not a reflection of anything lacking in His earthly work. The atonement accomplished our salvation. Intercession is the moment-by-moment application of that atoning work. In the past, Jesus did what he now talks about. In the present, Jesus talks about what he, he then did. In Romans 8, 33-34, which Ortland brings up, brings justification and intercession together. It, it, it weds justification and intercession. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? I love these little questions. Uh, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, He was the one who was raised. 
going even further. He was the one who is at the he is the one who is at the right hand of God. Going a little further. Who indeed is interceding for us? See Christ's intercession on our behalf. It, it's it's refreshing. It's it's like that cool drink of water on a summer day. It encourages. It revitalizes our hope in the midst of our daily messy lives. And I find that to be incredible. It's it's profoundly personal in that without Christ's intercession, we end up with a God who is very much like any other God that that offers salvation. Uh, we, we end up with a God who saves and then that's it. Leads us to sort out the details on our own. But we serve a trying God who actually reveals His heart towards His people. That He's constantly pleading with, reminding, and prevailing upon the Father. Why? To welcome us. So that our words make it to the ears of the Father. Thank you. Something that I was thinking of when the, you get a little bit further in, verse 83, he points to the part of chapter, verse 25, where it says, those who draw near to God. And my mind immediately went to the first week of the lesson, Matthew yeah. 11, 28 to 30. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What happens when you put two animals together? You bring them together, near each other. And he says, if you draw near to God, and it's he uses in the book the the analogy of um, Christ is our big brother, right? And it's like I tell people who, when I was in middle school and high school, picked on my sisters. I'm the only one allowed to do that, right? Um, and I'm going to stand between them and anybody who wants to hurt them. Yeah. Well, God, His justice wants to deal with sin, and He says, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Look at me and what I've done. Yeah. So we're yoked to Him, and only when we're yoked to Him can He protect us in that way. And it just it, it brings together His heart because He's wanting to stand there between us and God's judgment as the intercessor. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Let's look back at Hebrews 7, 25. Consequently, He is able to save to the other uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. The book on page 82 <laughs> kind of defines to, to the uttermost, breaks it down a little bit, and gives the idea of a, 
this to mean a comprehensiveness, a completeness, and an exhaustive wholeness. So when Christ saves to the uttermost, there's a reason for that. For we are to the uttermost sinners. And we need a to the uttermost Savior. Christ knows us. He knows us to the uttermost. And He saves us to the uttermost. Because His heart is drawn out to us to the uttermost. We cannot sin our way out of His care. And Christ's heavenly intercession is, is the reason we know that He will save us once again to the uttermost. Bottom of page 83, Ortland uh, continues that, that thought. Here's what this means. The divine Son never ceases. Note the word always. To bring His atoning life, death, and resurrection before His Father in a moment-by-moment way from from our sins, oh, excuse me, Christ turns the Father's eyes to His own righteousness, wrote Calvin, to avert His gaze from our sins. He so reconciles the Father's heart to us that by His intercession, He prepares a way and access for us to the Father's throne. This is what holds us. Intercession is what secures us. Despite the fact that we're ongoing sinners, Christ continues to intercede on our behalf. And and primarily we're looking at that intercession in heaven. But Christ interceded for us while on earth too. He, he, He showed us what what he was going to be doing. Does anybody know specific examples in Scripture where Christ interceded for us? Well, John 14, 15. John 14, 15. 15. I mean, 17 all the way to yeah. that section, working up to the cross, that's Jesus' main intercessory yeah. prayer. D- definitely that high priestly prayer in 17. Anywhere else? All right. So John 17 definitely is what I have wrote down here. And uh, in fact, I encourage you, if you haven't read John 17 lately, go home and read it today. It's, uh, I wish I could have put, put John 17 in, in this lesson more. So Christ considers to intercede for us in heaven because we continue to fail here on earth. Um, Now, Louis Burkhoff is brought up. How many of y'all have read Louis Burkhoff? Great, great theologian. Um, His words here, it is a consoling thought that Christ is praying for us 
even when we are negligent in our prayer life. And, and I wish Ortland would have, would have kept going instead of leaving this right at the end of the chapter. Uh, it, it, was, it was pretty brief looking at just our prayer life and, and how Christ's intercession continues on into our prayers. Because I, I, think, I think this is where we live. This is, this is where, where we apply Christ's intercession right here every day is, is in our prayer lives or, or even in our lack of. Uh, the, the, the negative has just as much effect on our lives just for the negative, of course, as the positive does. And, and I think if we are honest in, in perspective to the use of of our time, our prayer life does stink. Um, and Orland writes, but Jesus is praying for us constantly. Thomas Watson in The Godly Man's Picture, and, and this, men, read this book. It's, it's a great, great picture of, of a godly man. Women, read it too. It's, uh, it's great. But Thomas Watson wrote, he takes the dross out and presents nothing but pure gold to the Father. Christ mingles his sweet odors with the prayers of the saints. Think of the dignity of his person. He is God and the sweetness of his relationship. He is then what encouragement there. He is then what, what encouragement is there is here for us to pray. Our prayers are put into the hands of a mediator. Though as they come from Christ, they are mighty and powerful. Christ gives power to our prayers. Christ gives a sweet aroma to our prayers. And Christ promises to always live to make intercession for us. So, our prayers, if Christ is constantly making intercession for us, that means our prayers are constantly reaching the ear of God. Prayer is uh, putting the promises of intercession, all other promises, to suit. To suit meaning into petitions to be pleaded before God. It's, it's not something we just pray whimsically as if it's a, a magic cure-all. Lord, help Jeremiah to have a good day today. Although, not a bad prayer. I want Jeremiah to have a good day today. But Lord, cause his eyes to be focused on you. Cause his heart to be towards you. Cause his mind to be on things that are above. Cause him to guard his time well. 
and plead with God over these things. Not as some fairy who's going to grant a magical wish, but creator of the universe. The one who is responsible for saving my very soul. Our Savior joins the promise promises of God and the petition our prayers together the promise to encourage the petition and the petition to enjoy the promise and I'm going to end here with a quote from Richard Sibbs at Ortland puts in here Because this, this truly is a comfort to us. What a comfort it is now in our daily approach to God to minister boldness to us in all our suits. That we go to God in the name of one that He loves, in whom His soul delights. That we have a friend in court, a friend in heaven for us that is at the right hand of God and interposes Himself there for us in all our suits that make us acceptable that perfumes our prayers and makes them acceptable. Be sure, therefore, in all our suits to God to take along our elder brother, Christ. God looks upon us lovely in Him and delights in us as we are members of Him. I finished 15 minutes early. You know what we get to do now? I get to put this to work. I'd like for us, for the remaining of our time, to pray. Um, because how, what better way of applying what we've just talked about, what we've just read in Gentle and Lowly, looking at how Christ is always interceding for us. What better way to apply that than to pray? I mean, we, we've, we've come into this, reading this, this chapter, knowing that oftentimes our prayer life stinks. So let's do something about that today. Let's resolve together. Let's encourage one another together. Let's keep each other accountable together to pray, to lift one another up. And Greg has made it easy for us to keep each other accountable and encourage through the F1 Go app. Get on there, find somebody's phone number, text them, encourage them, pray for them. Because who, who's interceding for us? Jesus. Do, do I need to start over? Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Jesus is interceding for us. Um, who, who would... Give me five people who would be willing to pray. John, Leela, Jeremiah. That's three. I need two more. I'll take one. Greg, would you pray? There's five people. Leela, would you start us? And when it gets around, I'll close. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity 
on the goodness Lord, that you pour out on us each day. Thank you especially for your son Jesus, who died and rose again and ascended to heaven, Lord, who always lives to intercede for us, who always lives to make us suited to your sight, Lord. Sometimes, Lord, when we come to pray to you, we are weak and fragile. And Lord, we come like a like a badly dressed person, Lord, in clothes that don't fit. But, but Lord Jesus, you take your own righteous robes and place them on us. And we're acceptable to the Father because of you. And our prayers are sweetened and acceptable because of Jesus. Lord, help us to think on these things each day and be thankful for them and be thankful that you are always working on our behalf, that you are always pouring the oil of your grace on our souls, keeping the flame of your gospel alive in us. Lord, help us to take that flame to the world share that work, God, that you've done for us with our children, with our family, with our friends, and with those we meet out on the street or in the grocery store, Lord. There are so many people hurting. <laughs> Marriage is breaking. Loved ones addicted to pornography. And Lord, there's just so much suffering and hurt and, and sin that's corrupting. But Lord, you can, you can go in there and Lord, you just clean up and change lives. Make us new people, people who can sing and praise and, and love. Lord, we just ask that you would continue to give us strength, Lord, and that you would draw all people to you, Lord, all those who are under your banner, all those whom you, you have chosen, Lord, and all those who will come. Lord, help us be ready for the day that, that you return. And we hear that trumpet sound and we hear the shout. And we look up and we see you coming through the clouds. Lord, help us to not be ashamed that you're coming. And Lord, help us to be ready and joyfully anticipating the scene.
they would have reverence for God. Thank you for your gospel and for Christ and his perfect obedience to you. Father, we need to align our hearts again to you. So we thank you that prayer is a grace to us, a discipline to us to help us to align our hearts to your will. So we just pray that we would not neglect time with you in prayer as we go, that we would not neglect your gospel in our hearts. Thank you that you are helping us, you are strengthening us. We can look to Christ, the founder and perfecter of our faith, which will hold us fast. Lord Jesus, forgive us for not praying. <clears throat> forgive us for being so focused and concerned on things of this world that we forget what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us. Father, forgive our selfishness and our self-focused attitudes. Thank you that even when we are not praying, that you are constantly speaking to the Father for us. Yes. Yes. Thank you for your intercession. You're standing always and forever at the Father's side speaking on our behalf. Give us hearts that want to speak to you. Give us hearts that want to hear you speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name. Lord God, we just come before you this morning. Uh, in Jesus' name. Father, we know that what that means. I just think of the priest who laid his hand on the, on the goat and there it went out into the wilderness. Father, what a beautiful picture to the uttermost. So are our sins outside the camp and in the wilderness, away from you, and unholy. But so is our Savior's work on the cross. As our sins are to the uttermost, but <coughs> Father, his, his work on the cross was to the uttermost. And you <coughs> now uh, are there. We pray in Jesus' name who always makes intercession for us. Father, we are so so blessed. And even as Jesus tells us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us, Lord. I pray that you would have mercy upon us today. Give us great grace as we think about the intercession of Christ for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can gather here and pray. Lord, how beautiful it is to hear the prayer, prayers of your saints, Lord. Lord, what an encouragement it is to hear these brothers and sisters pray. Lord, may we not May we not leave here the same as we walked in this morning. May, may our hearts and our affections, our focus, our attention be turned to, toward you, Lord. 
knowing that you were constantly interceding on our behalf. Lord, that you constantly are praying to the Father for us. Whether or not we are praying, the Lord may spur us along to pray all the more. Lord, change us. May we be known as Christians who pray. May we be known as a church that prays. A church that cares about the needs of our community because we have a Father who hears us through the intercessory work of Christ. May we always run to Christ in prayer. In our sin, may we run to Christ in prayer. In our sadness and our sorrow, may we run to Christ in prayer. In our happiness and our joy, may we run to Christ in prayer. All circumstances, may we run to Christ in prayer. As He listens, as He cares, as His heart is turned toward us, oh, may we pray. Lord, prepare us now as we leave this classroom enter into the worship hour as we prepare to pray together once more as we prepare to sing praises to you as we prepare to hear your word preached in power in boldness Lord open our hearts open our minds open our ears to you Lord to your word Lord cause us to to honor you in all that we say and do. Bless us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.